Welcome to the Connector Podcast, an ongoing conversation connecting fintechs, banks, and regulators worldwide. Join CEO and founder Cohen van der Hoydonk as you learn more about the latest available trends and solutions in the markets. This episode is proudly sponsored by Fintech Belgium, the digital finance association by and for fintechs. Live from the Digital Finance Summit 2022. A warm welcome to everyone and welcome into our podcast. And again, it's a podcast live from the Digital Finance Summit here in Brussels. And I've got the pleasure to have Sigrid in front of me. Sigrid, can you introduce yourself? So I'm Sigrid, uh, Sigrid de Wever. I'm responsible for strategy and innovation uh, for KBC Group. Um, that's a bit vague, probably. Uh, what I exactly do is is we trend watch and we look mm-hmm. at the trends and then we co-define the strategic direction of the group um, on which topics we need to invest a lot and in which we need to invest a bit less in order to make sure that we have profitability and customer experience on top of our mind. These are already super ingredients to start a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And I think for our uh, national or the Belgium audience or the Benelux audience, KBC is very known by everyone. Could you just explain a little bit KBC as for our international audience? Sure. So KBC Group is active not only in Belgium, but we are also uh, active in Czech Republic, in Slovakia, in Hungary and in uh, Bulgaria. So there we have a retail SME and corporate banking business. Mm -hmm. And um, the the two pillars of our strategy are customer experience and operational efficiency. So our strategy is actually you need to multiply both in order to be successful. So um, because if one of them is zero you're nowhere from from client perspective. So that that's our starting point. Makes sense. And um, the main tagline is that we want to become a data-driven organization. So mm-hmm. if we see what's happening out there, um, we need to actually change the interaction with our customers. We need to turn it into uh, proactive, relevant, contextual, hyper-personal if we want to remain the leader we are in the current countries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Aren't you not uh, mentioning two difficult things at once? Because on one hand, you say we are a bank. So there's a lot of trusted data that that belongs to a customer. It's financial data and and you name it. On the other hand, you want to be personalized and super personalized. How how do you look at it? Um, That's indeed, if we look from business perspective, the more data, the better. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, indeed, we're a, a bank insurer, actually. Um, customer protection is a top priority. So mm-hmm. um, we are an incumbent bank insurer with businesses that have some business requirements, but on the hand, other hand, a very well good compliance and legal and risk department. So whatever we develop in the area of hyper-personalization and data-driven, all partners are around the table to to, to discuss this. And... If we look currently at what's out there, there are a lot of protective measures we need to take for, mm-hmm. our, for mm-hmm. our clients. And the frustration that we sometimes have is that it's not only incumbent banks and insurers who are active in the data industry, but also like the big techs and a lot of fintechs mm-hmm. for which they do have regulation. But on entity level, the regulation does differ from what we as an incumbent bank have to do. And so that's one of the worries we actually have is that do customers always realize 
what happens to the data. Mm -hmm. So if you talk to people and also I have a teenager, oh, I get this for free from Google and I get this for free from, and I said, you don't get anything for free. It's nothing like a free lunch. Indeed, it's <laughs> in return for your data. And we think that actually could be our competitive advantage compared to those new entrants in the financial industry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, it's funny that uh, we immediately start talking about uh, the data of customers, uh, whereas the topic today is, is more open data. So. Yep. Does that mean you're going to open the door of the data <laughs> of these customers? I don't think I don't think so. That was just a joke. But um, open data, what, what does that for you mean? Open data is actually the data which is freely available, which can be shared in an in a in a very accessible manner. Because um, I think that that's important. So it's data which is free, which is accessible to all, and which has multi-purpose. So it's not only for the purpose of the profit of, of uh, companies, for instance. That's for me open data. Okay. So maybe people would make a bridge with open banking, but then that's something completely different, right? Yeah, open banking, it's, it's something which was started by PSD2. Again, something mm -hmm. on, on data. Mm -hmm. And at a certain moment, we were obliged to open up our accounts to payment providers. And we were thinking, okay, we need to do this in a cost-efficient manner, but without jeopardizing um, the safety, the security, and also without jeopardizing our customer relationship. Because if all of a sudden payment providers come in between us and our clients, who then we could become a kind of invisible uh, product factory, which mm -hmm, is not mm -hmm. uh, at the time our, 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 our strategy. So this PSD2 actually opened the door for open banking. Because all of a sudden, PSD2, um, it was not an obligation to use APIs, but from safety perspective and because we want it to safeguard the, mm -hmm. the relationship, we, we started to act upon APIs. And with this plug-and-play system, mm -hmm. we actually started to, to offer different services to our clients. So uh, within KBC Open Banking, we have specific departments devoted to, to open banking in all the countries in which we are active. So our main strategy is we open up our mobile as a, as a platform on which we offer uh, products of third-party services, but only mm -hmm. those that make sense from, from a, a banking client uh, perspective. And that's where open banking became beyond banking. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> so we call it in our strategy Bank Insurance Plus. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and talking about open banking and PSD2, um, not so long ago I was uh, also in a panel and I got the following question and I thought it was a tricky one. It, it was more in the direction, where are we today in, in, in open banking? Are we in front of the hype cycle? Are we exactly on the top or are we already at the bottom of it. What would you think? I think we're not there at all yet. I think if, if I look at open banking, it it's, sounds promising mm -hmm. and it is promising, but there are various factors that actually, yeah, are the reason why it's not at the hype yet or at the, at the top. Mm -hmm. So, and, and one of the, the things is, is um, the trust, the, the trust of clients. Eh? So why on earth... It, all of a sudden is a bank doing different things than, than initially just the banking activities or um, the other way around. If neobanks um, mm -hmm. uh, come into play in the open banking, yeah, sometimes you read uh, articles, hmm, maybe the compliance was not that good or data breaches. So again, it impacts the trust of, of clients. 
And another aspect is there are many, many players in the open banking scene. And um, I think because of these many players, the success of each of them is, is still rather low. So mm -hmm. I think that there should be kind of consolidation or less players um, so that it becomes scalable. It's not scalable for everybody involved okay. yet. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting way of looking at it. While consolidation seems to be hype at the moment, mm -hmm. not only in, in PSD2, but uh, I think if you look at KYC providers, for example, there are so many yeah. in the markets. I would plead for exactly the same story as you just mentioned, that there's, there's some collaboration, some mutualization, yep. some M&A maybe. This, this could be very useful. Well, open data is, is a key ingredient, I guess, to build superior uh, customer experience. And you mentioned customer experience a few times. What, what do you see as a bank are the biggest challenges that you need to overcome to, to deliver that promise, to deliver that user experience to your clients? I think if we, if we make the promise, we will give you relevant hyper-personal services. Mm -hmm. we, we need to live up to that promise. And I think it's difficult to, to implement those use cases that really have clear value for, for our clients. So um, I, I will give an example. So we, we mm -hmm. are on developing our own digital assistant eh, called Kate, Kate. Yep. So indeed towards our, our clients. And um, it's, we don't want to bombard our clients with push notifications by Kate eh, to show that she's relevant as well. So we need to, we need to be sure that, that we are selective in that one, in mm -hmm. that one. So we also monitor the conversion of the push notifications we send via Kate. And one example we have is like, uh, we have the storm case. So this was a use case, um, of Kate. And, um, uh, a year ago when there were these big storms, mm -hmm. um, Kate sent out a rather generic message, um, to, to the clients. I hope you're fine. If you have any damage, here is the link, uh, that you can uh, file a claim. And we saw that push not the reaction to this push notification was rather limited. So we, we said, hmm, we need to improve the hyper personalization. So what we did, the next time we included in the data set the postal code where the storm took place. So the push mm -hmm. notification was only sent to the people living in this region. Hey, I hope you're fine. Do you have a claim? And then we saw that the pickup rate was extremely high. And this is actually what we learned. If you want to live up to the promise of customer experience, you need to make sure that you, you, you are indeed relevant. So make mm -hmm, sure mm -hmm. if you think about the use case of hyper-personalization that you have the correct data, the correct parameters and so on. Yeah. The secret to me, it almost sounds that you're trying to bring human elements, emotional elements to a digital experience. Yeah. So our strategy is indeed digital first with the human touch. And at first instance, this is our network. We, 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 we deliberately opt for a network and not because digitalization is not able enough to replace them. No, not at all. Eh? We have a mm -hmm. deliberate choice of the human touch. But on the other hand, we also want to humanize the technology mm -hmm. so that mm -hmm. the know, I know you, I know my customer is also included in the, in the technology we have in order to increase also the usage and, uh, and to make it more personal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's a nice journey that you guys are on. Uh, coming back a little bit more um, to the topic of data, well, lately I'm um, seems to have a lot of conversations that that take a kind of new turn, and the turn that I hear often is that uh, various data sets, 
with competitors even or shared amongst each other and somehow the new algorithms can get like common data or common understanding from that data. Is that something that you guys are exploring on as well? Or have you heard about it even? I indeed have heard about it. So I, I think it's it's a it's a it's a nice trend going forward because um But it has two aspects to it. So first of all, from the current perspective towards data is like who owns the data? It's like, oh, we don't want to share our data with telcos because then we give up some of our advantage. So mm -hmm. from that perspective, it's it's a nice evolution. As a, as companies, um, you put your your your, your data in, in on a, on a platform, but the data you don't have access to the data of of the other. You only have access to the insights generated based on the on the, on the exactly. shared data. Yeah. So that's indeed a, a, a relevant aspect going forward. But on the other hand, you also see the trend about who is actually the owner of the data, because from that perspective. You you still assume it are the two companies who put the data of all their clients together in one database and insights mm -hmm. are, are are generated, but on the other hand, you have also the trend of the self sovereign identity, yeah, where the the user is put back on in control and this type of so it will be an interesting evolution to see how this would evolve from the perspective of self sovereign identity where you put the user back in control it's my data and i decide with whom i will share it for how long and under which conditions and then the aspect of like okay we companies it's a paradigm shift yeah exactly yeah. Um, the way you put it uh, for me also yeah uh, it's a new insight if you want yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and so from kbc we also openly uh, communicated about it we would like also to be custodian of identity for our clients so to develop a kind of vault uh, mm -hmm. a storage point um, where you put your data in but it's not only um, a vault where you put all your data but we would also create connections to other other data vaults For instance, in Belgium, you have ISMI as a, a vault where you put all housing relata related issues. And then you have your, your bank vault where you put, yeah, like your, your salary and your wage and, and you create worthiness. But if you buy a house, you need documents from both vaults. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this is what we are looking at to make sure that we make it even more convenient for clients that from these various vaults, access points are created to put it in the, in the, in the customer journey. So that, that, that's one aspect we are also looking at because we think user control is, is, is important and we would, we would like to work because what we see today, you have these various vaults mm -hmm. and you give the customer the impression that he has it under control, but these vaults don't communicate with each other. No, no, they don't. So technically, The highways need to be created. That's one aspect. And then the other aspect is also, yeah, if you put the user in control, he can claim whatever he wants. Who says it's true? Huh? You can, yeah, unfortunately, you can do fraud on your degree of your university or on your EPC. That, there um, needs to be an authority. In the, so, yeah. so what about the authentication? Okay, the authority could be blockchain with verifiable credentials and the authentication. But still, an intermediary could also have this role. So it's an interesting world going forward yeah yeah it's a super interesting debate around the european sovereign identity yeah and also the governance are, are working on it the eu wallet also the flemish government with the data class and so on so it's a hot topic that we're also looking at to see from 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 the financial industry with the, the trust we we currently regained a bit and and still have and we could play a role in 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 that world yeah Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's trust and also the the direct access to the client. Yeah. 
because you do have interactions with the client on day-to-day basis. Correct. And that yeah. maybe is different than a government, for example. Yeah. Sigrid, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. And, Me too. And I have that funny feeling that uh, we probably could speak for the next uh, 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> but unfortunately, we don't have that. So I really like to thank you again for your participation in this podcast. You're welcome. And uh, also thank you for our sponsor, uh, Fintech Belgium, for inviting you and having this uh, possibility to record the podcast. And last but not least, also our audience, the, the people that are listening. And uh, as you know, there's much more podcast uh, in material to be found on our channel. So please uh, come back, uh, subscribe and get all the latest news. So thank you so much for You're joining. Welcome. Yep. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Connector Podcast. To connect and keep up to date with all the latest head over to www.jointheconnector.com or hit subscribe via your podcast streaming platform.